0: Mason. Yes, sir. You want to hear a story? I have no choice. (laughs) All right. Um, So this is back when I was with the window and door company. And I'd been on for about six months and originally, like, basically didn't know what I was doing because it's very specialized with that type of a job. But we were in the uh, service and warranty division. And this is for... Scottsdale, Paradise Valley, Cave Creek, all those kind of homes. So basically, think seven, eight figures, uh, that's the kind of house we're in all the time. Mm -hmm. So kind of like how Joe's been talking about those huge sliders, all that stuff. So we replace glass, we'll fix things that are broken, replace weather stripping. Um, A lot of times it's like a punch list item. Um, So we had this house in Cave Creek and they had an issue with some of their glass. And they've got the decorative, they're called SDL bars, which basically they crisscross on the glass to make it look like you've got a whole bunch of different panes Mm -hmm. in there. So the guy that um, was in the service department with me for several months, he ended up leaving the company. He was a young guy who had a good amount of money and he was kind of just doing the job because... He was bored all day and needed to do something, and then at a certain point decided he was going to go do something else. He was going to go back to Michigan and remodel an apartment complex and see if he could sell it, which sounded like it kind of turned into a fiasco, but that was his deal, not mine. Uh, So got my friend Forrest uh, a job over there, and so we were going to be working in the same department. His first day on the job. So we're getting told, hey, we've got these... um, I think we we had the decorative bars that had to be replaced. And I think we had the glass as well that needed to be taken out of this door. It was probably three feet by 10 feet tall, something like that. So not too crazy for what kind of became the standard, Mm -hmm. but six months in still trying to figure everything out. And no one exactly has a clear idea on here's how to go do this thing. So even the supervisor, um, Didn't know how to do it. He would try and find instructions online or from the manufacturer to tell us, here's how it should come apart. And it's some black and white drawing that doesn't show you like, no, 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 like watch. So we go up there, we're, uh, doing our thing. We're getting ready to take this, take the door completely off, set it on sawhorses, all that stuff. Lady of the house comes up to us. She's, uh, it's a cloudy day, pretty nice outside. And she goes, Hey, um, Are you guys gonna be able to finish? Like, yeah. Why? And she's like, "Well, uh, just want to let you know there's a tornado warning coming in for this area." And we're like, "Oh, look around." We're like, "Huh? Tornado in Arizona?" Yeah, but this is like Cave Creek up in the mountains type. Like, so you remember like when there were tornadoes that touched down in like New River? This is like around that. I think that was that same storm. Okay. So, but just that's a little farther west. So, um. We didn't realize it was that same storm at the time. All we know is it's cloudy and we have a door. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're like, yeah, we think we'll be fine. Like, we've got this patio that we're working under. And um, keep going. And all of a sudden, that storm hits. Super windy. Rain is coming in so far sideways that that patio that we thought we were safe under, we are drenching everything underneath it. So we're then having to scramble for like the next 30 minutes just to try and move everything, to then um, like keep all our stuff dry. And I remember at one point we we're having I had to run around the entire house to go get something from the truck, and just basically almost up to my ankles in water, just soaking my shoes. Jeez. Oh, so we ended up getting it done. Was the it, house safe? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the water was coming in just like up to probably a foot away from like the entry that oh, doorway geez. entry so it was like all right good the house is safe but we've got this door on sawhorses that we've got to like shove farther onto the patio so we're like we're moving furniture it's like stupid fiasco um but we ended up getting it done which was good it um but it was just one of those things where it's like hey welcome to your first day on the job
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sucks yeah so that kind of I don't know. That's a good jump start into the job. Yeah. Like, let's set the bar for what you're going to deal with. Yeah. So. I mean, that's worst case scenario. At yeah. least you got it done, though.
0: Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was a very interesting day. I would hate that. Yeah. Which, I don't know. It's one of those things where in the moment, it's terrible, but at the same time, it's like, it makes the job fun.
1: Yeah. When I, uh, I used to work at a funeral home. And my first day, I was like a groundskeeper, did all like the maintenance and stuff. First day in the job, we're painting the embalming room. Embalming room is where they take the dead people, they put them on a table and put the fluids in them and all that stuff and sew them up if they need to. He's like, come on, we got to go paint this room. Opens it up, go in there, just two old, dead, naked ladies just sitting on a table. <laughs> Never seen a dead person before. The smell is something you'll never forget. It's just from dead people. And yeah, uh, Next, my first two days I was up on ladders working around. Of course, they were covered and stuff um, when we were working, but not when you first go in there. And so I had to paint a room around a bunch of dead people. Nice. Very weird. Yeah. You talk about awkward. Yes. Yeah. So I feel your pain. That's a different kind of pain. That's like, that's, I don't know, that's something else.
0: I'll, I'll give that one to you right there. All right. What'd you do? What'd you get into this last
1: week? This last week, <clears throat> um, we busted out all the Christmas stuff. Yeah. Our Christmas tree, our fake one, is packed away. So we're using some of uh, my parents' old Christmas decorations because most of ours is packed up. And then I think we're going to get a real Christmas tree this year. Yeah. So the kids are excited. Yeah. always makes your house smell nice.
0: And if anyone's missed the first episode, Mason's living with his...
1: Dad, with my wife and two kids.
0: While they're waiting for their new build to be completed, which the date has moved from the end of summer 22 to October to November to now... February, end of February.
1: 2023. It's awesome. So... Nice. Hey, glass half full. You got to look at the bright side. Are you going to be one of those people where
0: you got to go with the super authentic tree that was chopped down by a real lumberjack in Wisconsin, dragged behind a truck for two miles, and then no, set up in No, I house, would love or? to
1: get a license and to go up north and chop my own down, but yeah. I don't have the tools or time for that. So we're going <laughs> to go to one of the tree farms.
0: Costco has a batch of them right now. I was over there recently, and they're selling all the real trees. They sell them outside? The truck was outside, but I think they had them inside. Yeah, I'll go to a cheap place.
1: I don't plan on doing it. But it's always fun to set up for Christmas, like, especially because the kids really like it.
0: Yeah, my mom started setting up this week, and she was bugging me about, hey, can you put the lights on the house? And I was like, I got to see it. I've got a busy week. And then she finally was just like, all right, I'm getting your cousin. <laughs> I was like, all right, sounds good.
1: Yeah, so. so that's literally what I did over the weekend. Nice. Yeah, dad stuff. Fun. What did you do? My family and I made that
0: bread that I was talking about last week. So. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Did it come out good?
0: Yeah, so we ended up having to change the recipe just a little bit because this is going to be very intricate. But um, So apparently the recipe calls for this specific kind of yeast because we make this thing like, from scratch scratch not like buy any kind of dough or anything like that so um it's super expensive and basically more and more stores aren't carrying it anymore and the final one basically is not carrying it anymore so we had to find a substitution and we were all nervous that it wasn't going to turn out the same because it's like this is like six generations like we've been doing this thing and um but no the Way that we found the substitution ended up basically tastes the exact same, yeah. so it was.
1: What like, places did you try?
0: Safeway used to carry it for quite a while. AJ's Fine Foods, and then. Um, oh, AJ's didn't have it. What they did for a while, so like Safeway had it for a while. Yeah. AJ's had it for several years, and then AJ's just discontinued it this year. And from what it sounded like, they were saying. Um, this is the time of year when the most of it is bought. So they were kind of scratching their head. Even the guy at the store was like, I'm scratching my head going, I don't know why they didn't order this because Mm -hmm. this is when we sell it. Yeah. The only thing that they could really think of was with some of the inflation things going on, that that specific yeast only lasts for like seven to 10 days. Oh, gotcha. So you get it in, it's expensive as all get out, and then it's got to sell or it's getting thrown away. So basically it was like, hey, let's not even waste the money on it. Just yeah, you should have tried that. Trader Joe's. I think we've looked at Trader like, Joe's. They still didn't have it? Well, just over the years. We've looked oh, yeah. all over. Just because it's... Like yeah, I said, it used to be at, at Safeway. So order online next it. time. Yeah, online though, like... It was... I forget how expensive it was. But basically, the stuff that we got now is like a third of the price, if not... But if you th- want
1: it authentic, you got to pay the price. It
0: tastes the same. and okay. basically It's the same process. So, like, I... All right, that's fair. Yeah, We're saving money. (laughs) So, did that. And then, um, see what else happened this week. Um, Installed a security door yesterday. So, that was interesting at this lady's house because.
1: Those are fairly easy, aren't they? Or they're supposed to be?
0: They're supposed to be. So, the only reason why this one was a little more difficult was because this door is in a block wall that. Basically, the block wall sticks out a couple inches, and the security screen doors, uh, the height sticks above the ledge where that door would go by several inches. Of course. And um, so basically had to attach some wood to the walls to be able to then attach the screen to it. There, uh, And then whoever trimmed out the door itself. Um, Not good? No, because they were both at basically a four, like the whole pieces are a 45 degree angle to where like you could fit a sheet of paper behind it into where the stud is. And on one of them, it had no nails in it holding it in. So it was just tension fit and tacked on with a little paint. And then the other one had two nails in it that I was basically able to almost just rip out with my hands. So yeah,
1: but does that just mean you're freakishly strong.
0: No, that okay. means that they did a very bad yeah. job.
1: Speaking of building, though, I forgot what I did do this weekend. I finally finished building out my my cold tub. Oh really? Yeah. Bought a freezer. Some pumps for it. Cut some holes into it. Got a little thermostat that automatically shuts it on and off to keep it at the same temperature. Dang. It's cold. I got to get used to it. Why do you need the pumps for it? I just turn it on and off sometimes. Oh. To keep the make the water last longer, so you don't have to. Refill it all the time. Oh. Hmm. It's just like a little pond thing. Yeah, yeah. And then so little, I just
0: have seen it before, where some people will say like, "Hey, take silicone, go around the perimeter,
1: cool it, and you're good to go." Oh so. yeah, yeah. I sealed it. I put I put caulking around it. I even did some Flex Seal. Um, but I made a little two holes at the top, one to put like an aquarium water purifier. Mm-hmm. You know, with the little stone thing, the water thing. It's got a hose and it like pumps air into the water. Oh, okay. Makes yeah. It, it yep. kind of like helps sterilize it. Yep. And then another hole for me to put my thermometer in. And then I just put the pump in sometimes to get put it on for an hour or two a day just get, so it doesn't sit still because I don't use it every day. So, yeah. How often do you use it? Probably three to four times a week. A week. How long? Well, you're supposed to, I think studies say you're supposed to like. Nine to eleven minutes. Oh, uh, uh, no, a week total. Oh, I so was about like to three say, to four whoa. minute sessions. Full body immersion. Like up to the neck. Yeah, I've done it four times, and I just on the fourth time I got all the way to my neck. Cause I'm a little baby. Nice, but it's cold. The boys will ju- go in. Yeah. The little one, Cooper, he sticks his whole head in. More worried that he's <laughs> gonna pass out from <laughs> <laughs> shock. Oh, man. well that's fun that's nice yeah I did start
0: this week I started doing this thing um, every day either 100 push-ups or 150 air squats and then also like kind of doing like uh, penalty push-ups or penalty squats like if like if i I'm, I'm trying to make sure usually I'm on time for most things or on time within like a margin of a minute or two mm-hmm. so I'm trying to make it where it's like I'm always on time so if I'm late to things now it's like all right there's An additional 50 they get tacked on. Oh, jeez. I think the kids are...
1: Interrupting like they're not supposed to? Either that or just using the restroom. Yeah, that, or they know Lance's office is back there, so (laughs) they might draw (laughs) him a picture or mess with it, so it's fine. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right, should we do this thing? Let's do it. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. Today, I'm joined by Mason Oxendale. What are we drinking, sir?
1: Um, We have the Smirnoff Ice Pink Lemonade. If you don't like beer, this thing is delicious. And it's (laughs) 4.5%. Just saying. And then, as always, I've got the chocolate milk
0: from Shamrock Farms, because they do it the best um as we talked about last
1: week you gotta start advertising shamrock farm see if they can get us to sponsor us
0: yeah just start sending them clips yeah exactly I, dude if we could do that i'd be so happy just, hey i just need a court every week that's a, <laughs> It's chump change to them right um joe's not with us today he was taking some time off to uh go have some fun spend the weekend uh, basically doing a little mini vacation. And then uh, the plan was to do a real estate special today. And we were hoping to have Scott with us. But he's got some fa- uh, people in the family that were under the weather. So he's playing the vid. Possibly. Uh, we don't want to admit that because some of them are so freaking out about that. Who cares? It's our podcast. Fine. Whatever. Basically, he's playing good dad, good husband tonight. And so taking care of them. And we expect to see him back Next week, so, um, but since it is the two of us, uh, one of the things we're going to be jumping into here in a second is talking to Mason. He mentioned uh, he used to work at a funeral home for a while, but we're going to get into a little bit of what he's done previously, what he's done in real estate, things like that. Uh, before we do that, we're going to talk about some of the metrics that we track. Uh, regularly and that's going to be our inventory and then some of our building metrics that we just pull off of Home Depot's website because that's how we roll. So active inventory in Arizona is going to be 14,891 homes on the market. In the last month we've closed 4,064 interest rate. Uh, We have a lender that we're very happy to recommend for people here in Arizona um, that uh, this week they had a 5.75 FHA and a 6.125 conventional. So, um, if you guys are thinking about uh, buying a house right now and that sounds like an interest rate you want, then we know who to connect you with. Reach out, uh, shoot us a DM. 2x4s, uh, 367 per 2x4x8 by by plywood. This one is up a little bit over uh, the last time we talked about it, and it's uh, 1580 per basically a half inch sheet. And then Romex is the same as it was before, 47 cents a foot for 14.2. Um, before we get into talking about you, uh, anything stand out to you in those numbers?
1: No, I mean, like, as much as it compared to the last two years, as much as it feels like it's a buyer's market right now, the numbers still show that, you know, the numbers amount of inventory show that it's more of a neutral market. So it's good for both buyers and sellers. Yeah. Now the higher interest rate maybe probably pushed it more into a buyer's market. Or yeah, not even the highest interest rate kind of stuck us with the normal inventory, but like nobody really wanted to buy. But now with the interest rates coming back to normal, I think you're going to start seeing some buyers start buying some stuff, and sellers' homes aren't going to be on the market as long. Yeah. So.
0: Which. I know that we're seeing. Uh, some of the inventory take down a little bit. We saw it cross the 16000 mark a couple weeks ago, and now we're sitting just below 15, And that's kind of just been this just slow decline. So I think a big part of that can be explained. And we're just past Thanksgiving. We're going to be going into Christmas. So this is not the ideal time for people to be moving. You don't want to be pulling kids out of school, trying to get them into a new school. Yes, you could get them in for the second semester, but uh, sometimes that summer is going to work out the best for people just so that it's the easiest transition. Um, so a lot of this we'll probably be expecting some of those numbers to tick up in January or depending on what the trend looks like uh, we might be able to see a rebound with that in January closed wise that one we haven't dropped below the 4,000 mark yet uh, in a 30-day period which I'm happy about I'll be interested to see what happens there wouldn't like I said wouldn't surprise me if that happens with uh, us going into Christmas and all that stuff so um, and then I know we've covered this before and there is uh one of our lenders shared a video with us where a guy was giving a presentation, kind of trying to lay out, Hey, here's what we're seeing as far as trends. Here's what we're kind of expecting. Um, but with this interest rate right now, it's a lot of people are saying this isn't something that is out of the norm. That's completely true. The part that I always come back to though, is when we've maxed out people for the last two years, on a three percent, three and a half percent interest rate that drove things through the roof, and then uh, jumped in another three percent. That's still kind of that's helped with bringing us to more of that neutral market.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the interest. I think the interest rates, depending on what they do over the next six months, is going to drive a lot of the inventory up or down. Yep. Cause, I mean. We're in Phoenix, how I mean the house I mean, everybody's moving here, so like I don't foresee any kind of decline or um the homes that you buy not appreciating over time. I mean, granted it's not gonna be like the last two years where you buy a house and then the next week it's you already made ten grand on it kind of thing. It's I mean, housing market's never been like that before, has it? At least not since I've been around. Or right. alive. Probably not since, you know. Well, what about like when things were going crazy between 2005 to 2007? You might have seen some of the same things. but Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, so I think that if you have to buy a house, I mean, it's a good time to buy it. Because, I mean, as long as you're going to be in the house over two years, your house is going to appreciate And it's going to, you're going to make, you know... If you have to sell in two years, it's not like you're going to lose money on it. Right. But that's just saying that nothing crazy happens because nobody can predict anything like 9-11. Knock on wood. Just
0: (laughs) threw that one out there, huh? You could have (laughs) thrown out COVID. You could have thrown out anything else.
1: 9-11. First thing that came to mind, we can't predict that kind of stuff. Never forget, I guess. I mean, like at least COVID, it happened over in China. We saw it coming this way you know, but two planes flying into buildings? You don't see that coming. Is that, a, is that a sore subject for you? No, I just have
0: a terrible joke in my head right now. Yeah,
1: don't let let that leave. <laughs>
0: All right, we're going
1: uh, <laughs> to... Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> <laughs> but to leave it on that note, they're appreciating. but don't buy a house because somebody told you to buy a house. Yeah, like, if you can afford it, it's in your range, the house is what you want, then you get it. Otherwise, don't. And on that note too, as far as if
0: you're, one of the things that we always encourage our clients to do is work with a local lender. There's some things that are very particular for Arizona in regards to the prequalification. So it's great to have that when buying a home, because I've dealt with even a lender who is out of state. And within my first year, I had them send me a prequalification letter and I, I emailed them back and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, it's a pre-qualification letter. I'm like, well, let me send you the real one. Mm -hmm. And then they had to fill it out from there. And it's like, come on guys. But um, not just that, as far as the local lenders are going to know what's going on, it's if you're not working with the big bank, their volume is not going to be the same as the big bank. So you're going to get more attention than you would just being in a stack of files. I've had it both ways as far as the lending goes. So um, the big bank, it was very hard to get a hold of anyone. Um, Whereas the local lenders that we deal with on a regular basis that we have good relationships with, we see them, um, two of them at least once a month. Uh, One of them that I like to work with uh, that I had on the show was uh, Cameron from Fairway Mortgage. Him and I are emailing basically at least once a week. And then I'll call him up about certain things. And I've called him at ridiculous times of night. So when you have someone like that, it's not just going to be that, hey, your interest rate is 5.75 or 6.125. When that interest rate goes down, they have an interest, your best interest in mind to say, hey, if for some reason that drops back to 3.5, they're going to be giving you a call. Because they're going to be able to let you know, hey, your monthly payment can drop by several hundred dollars if we just refi you at the new rate. Mm -hmm. Big bank might not be doing that because they've got thousands of loans that they're taking care of or looking after.
1: Yeah. And then on top of it, a lender can make or break a deal as far as getting it closed on time. So not necessarily make or break a deal, but they're going to be able to dictate whether you can close when you're supposed to close or if it's a week later. I mean, I've got a bunch of horror stories where non local lenders they just drop the ball. They thought that they could get it done in a certain amount of time, but couldn't, and we got pushed back a week and a half. That pissed off my buyers. Yep. And then it always looks bad on you. Yep. But so do a yeah, get a lender that your realtor has a relationship with. That would work best. Yeah, the big
0: bank that I worked with that one time, there is um There was a reason why we went through them. I had encouraged them to go with a different lender, but in the end, it made the most sense financially for my clients to go with their banking institution. Um, But within being under contract for three days, they told me, hey, we're going to need an extension on the close of escrow. Uh, And then I think when we were two weeks out or 10 days, maybe it was seven to 10 days out, they told me, hey, we need another like seven to ten days to get this done mm-hmm. and whenever I wanted to get a hold of them it was like you'd have to call the phone number and then you don't get the person it goes to another person that has to go to like their supervisor and you got to call it like so moral of the story long-winded way of saying trust the people that you're working with in re- regards to your real estate agent and then the partners that they like to work with. There's a reason why they do that. It's not just because, oh, we get kickbacks from them or something. They can't give us money. Yeah. It's the reason why we work together is because
1: they're good at their jobs. That's it. Yeah. And just in every area of life, ask questions. Yes. If you don't know, ask questions. They tell you to do something, why? Yep. If they don't know, then there's a red flag. Yep.
0: But, yeah. Speaking of asking questions. Yep. Let's move into a little bit about you. Um, let's talk about the origin story of Mason Oxendale. Where are you from? How'd you get here?
1: Go from there. My story began at about 8:35 a.m. on a Wednesday, March 1st, 1989, when I was born uh, in Arizona. Born and raised, and that's how I got here.
0: That's the whole story.
1: Yeah. Just
0: birthed you out, walked you through a real estate office. Yeah, would, you, want me, bus- would you like
1: want me to walk you through every year?
0: No, not necessarily, Uh-oh. but maybe some highlights as far as, like, what did you do graduating high school? Did you go to college? Did you get a job?
1: What were we looking at work history-wise? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, high school, Centennial High School, played basketball. I worked at Champ Sports selling shoes for about six months before my s- senior year high school started and then I played basketball and then after I graduated, I uh, worked at Costco for six to eight months, actually, I actually didn't mind working at Costco, it was pretty cool even when I was doing carts, just collecting carts, summer sucked but. Uh, but then I got a chance to go play college basketball over at Phoenix College, so I did that for a year, and then I had the goal of to get a degree in kinesiology at ASU. That didn't work out. I changed my major like three or four different times, so I went to ASU, I lived up in Tempe for a year, um, didn't graduate, don't have a college degree. Um, but then, um, that was when my wife and I started dating again. And then a couple couple years later, we got married. Yeah, again, because we went to the same grade school and high school. And we dated the summer of eighth grade going into freshman year. And then freshman year, uh... She claimed that she dumped me because I was mean. But I think it was just because she was jealous of other girls. That's my opinion. But we <laughs> stayed friends. She played basketball. <laughs> I played basketball. Uh, but anyway, so then we got back. We got together. And then I started working for, or during that time, I worked at Peoria High School. I worked as a one-on-one with a special ed kid. Had cerebral palsy, some a lear- bunch of learning disabilities. So he had half like a one-on-one. That was tough. That was two years. But while I was there, I coached basketball at Peoria High School. Oh shoot, man! I coached there for like eight years. Dang. But year two into it, 2012, we won the uh, um, the championship. Got a ring as a coach. Never got one as a player, but I got one as a coach, which is cool. But we had some studs on that team. Yeah. Yeah, like one of them's playing overseas, making a bunch of bunny. Other kids went to college. Yeah, we had some, we got some hoopers on there. Uh, but then I started working with for my family's business, which is in the funeral industry. They have a funeral home and a cemetery. Are the kids? Uh, They're playing with golf clubs on the wall. As long as they to put a hole in it. Um, but then I started working with at the funeral home. I was, like I said, I was like cemetery manager, did maintenance. Um, Then I started um, Doing some more inside work stuff Um, I was a licensed cremationist Still am too So Actually during COVID They actually gave me a call And asked me Because they were um, Had a little too many bodies Over there at the funeral home Like too many to put in the fridge And they In Arizona You're not You're you weren't allowed to cremate people at nighttime because the stack, the crematory, if it has blows out like nasty smoke and stuff, you can't see it at nighttime. So you weren't allowed to, but they lifted that during 2020. And for about six to eight months, three to four times a night, I would go over there and cremate body, like two or three bodies at night. <laughs> nice. Yeah, 50 bucks a head, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're clipping that for your Instagram. (laughs) Um, But yeah, anyways, and then, so my uncle's always been in real estate. Um, I actually almost got into real estate out of high school, but then I got invited to go play basketball, so I did that. Um, So I didn't want to work at the funeral home anymore. Got my license, worked with my uncle part-time for a little bit, but uh, that's when the market was still a little bit slow. And then that's when I switched over to a different team, brokerage in 2018, 19. And been doing real estate since 2017. So almost six years. Dang. And that's what brings me here today. Nice. That's how I got here in this seat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, I know we had a couple other things on the slate. Uh, so, what do we want to jump into? Sellers' expectations or new builds first?
1: I know you've got Seller. a bone to pick with new builds. Nah, screw new builds. No, I'm joking. Uh, we'll t- we can talk about both of them. As I usher my kids away, because he's got to be a dad for a minute. Yeah. Well, I just don't. I don't want to. I don't want to yell on the mic, you know. I can just mute it. We're very nice, Dad. I can just mute it for a second. Yeah, but both of your both mics.
0: I'll just we'll mute it. There's gonna be an awkward. You
1: can cut this out too. Yeah, that's true. And we're back. That was nice to him. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, so new bills. Not all new bills are created equal, but they there are a lot more going. I mean, like. The past two and a half years, there was a waiting list to go on new builds, not and they used to not pay realtors uh, any commissions for bringing buyers over there. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, they start crawling back now because they need people to buy them because there's so many new builds going up in Arizona.
0: Define crawling back. <clears throat>
1: uh, stopping by the office with gifts, offering more than the going rate on the resale market for commission on the commission side. Uh, being nice to you, calling you, returning emails, stuff that they weren't doing before because they were feeling high and mighty.
0: Following up on inquiries
1: from a long time ago, saying,
0: "Hey, I know you were in our office a while ago." Exactly. I mean, we build, did not give a shit about you then.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, my I feel like my new build story is actually. I was talking to another realtor that used to work with us. He's had a client. In the same community that I'm I am on the same street, just further down, that it's been over a year. And if you don't know that a year is wh- unless you're getting a multi-million dollar home build, that's way too long to get for a house to be built.
0: Which at the height of the craziness and when everyone was saying supply chain, COVID, all the stereotypical answers for a while, yes, that made sense. But it also made sense because like Mason was saying. There would be about six people per one piece of for one lot, so they would do lotteries mm-hmm. as far as they were. They would say, "Hey, we've got six uh, lots that are opening up. We've got twenty-four to thirty-six names, and we're gonna just pick the first people. And if you don't respond within this amount of time, we're picking the next one." Yep. Um. So that's when things got to the point where it was up to a year. My Brother bought a new build and moved in, I believe it was 2019, before everything started going crazy. But it took, like, they told him, I think it was going to be five to six months to build. They got him in, like, in four to five. Like, they got him in earlier than expected because they were just banging out homes. So part of the whole new build experience that Mason is going through right now, one, from... Other conversations seems to be some issues
1: with the builder and lack of communication up the chain. Yep. People not doing their jobs. Yep. And yeah.
0: that's not communication from Mason's end. They've taken care of all the finishes as far as hey, when you need something, we get it back to you. Mm-hmm. This is more the management of the jobs. And obviously, like when you know that, hey, a neighbor's going through the same thing. It kind of sets yeah. a trend.
1: And I didn't want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole of that again. Because, I mean, there are those horror stories. But for the most part, there's, right. so a lot of new builds going up. I mean, you're probably not going to be able to get a house built between four to six months, like, you know, four or five years ago, necessarily. I mean, the expectation, I would probably put closer to six to eight months or whatever they tell mm-hmm. you. Um, but the prices, I mean, they're better than the reset excuse me, There's, they're better than, you know, for the most part than the resale values. There's some communities out there that, you know, you can buy a stock house starting at 350 you know, plus that's not including the lot fee and stuff, but mm-hmm. you're able to pick your own lot. Um, and most of the time, a lot of these new-build communities, their base models of things are still super nice. Yes. So it's not like, it's not like you're getting laminate, uh the lowest grade wood on the cabinets, the lowest grade carpet and stuff. It's very you know, it's very nice. So you can get an affordable home versus something that you might get 350 in the resale value or realm right
0: now. Which and I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but my uncle working with he works with a lot of new build communities and he was telling me that some of them are having like a 40% inventory sitting. And so he works with communities nationwide. So what he's seeing might not necessarily be indicative of what we see here in Arizona but like I know that from taking out clients as well that there's going to be some people where they'll start the process and for whatever reason they have to cancel or with some of the price adjustments because they bought it when it was at the peak they'll cancel lose their earnest deposit and then basically come back to buy the same home but the price difference offsets so Mm -hmm. but sometimes those homes if they walk away from that particular build you can come in and buy that one that now has a shorter build time you don't get to choose the finishes necessarily mm-hmm. but like mason said a lot of these the finishes are pretty nice already so if you're look if you're like hey i want a good place that's clean a area that is definitely going to be appreciating and as those communities build if you're buying some of the first lots they're cheaper than they are by the time they're building the last one. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see instant appreciation from that, and you'd be able to also get in a little quicker. So it's it's one of those things where you can go to the community directly and talk to them, but at the same time, it's it doesn't cost you anything as the buyer to bring in a real estate agent. So have them come and look at it with you and be able to say, hey, they're saying that they've got these incentives that look great, But I know of other new build communities that are doing the same thing for maybe with a similar house or a house that better fits your lifestyle in regards to where's your work, where's your church, where's the Mm -hmm. community that you hang out with, stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I mean, and two, you're also, so those sales agents do have a real estate license, but they also hang their license with the person building your house, the company. So like you said, I mean, it's worth it. Bring somebody that's done new builds. I mean... Because they'll be able to walk you through there, yep. uh, especially when you do your walkthroughs and stuff. They'll help you pick out little, little tiny things to always look for, um, steer you away from a builder you might not want to work with. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, <laughs> if it's in the, if it's a house they love and a community love, you know. Yeah. You can't. Sh- so basically, I always all my buyer clients, I always try to send them a list of some new build communities, so you'd be like, hey, you want to go check it out, kind of deal. Um, but they're usually two are like a little bit more on the outskirts. Yep. So, I mean, most of the time that's what it's not, they're not in desirable areas. Well, I mean, they are desirable. A lot of people are very picky about where they want to be. They're leave, up and coming
0: he, areas. So, if you're yeah. working, if you're saying, hey, I need to be central Phoenix because that's where work is, that's where the kids' school is. But the new build communities, it's, they're going to be, you got to think of at least Arizona like a big circle. Yeah. It's the farther out you go from Central Phoenix, the newer it gets. And yeah. we just keep pushing that border farther and
1: farther. And the other thing is that if you don't use a normal, you're a buyer's agent, you use somebody of them, after you close, they're not going to send you any gifts. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, most agents, you know, will send you a closing gift, you know? A lot of agents do a lot of follow-up like we do. I mean, you, you buy a house with us, 99% chance you're getting a uh, Costco pie come around thanksgiving plus you know maybe one or two cool things and that's you're not going to get that with those people
0: which it boils down to like you said earlier yeah no i'm
1: bribing them yeah
0: well yes right now (laughs) that too but like you said earlier if when you walk into a sales office that's a salesman working for that builder if you walk in with your own real estate agent that real estate agent works for you in your best interests. So that sales agent is looking to get the sale, sell the lot, go to the next community once they've sold everything. The agent that you work with nine times out of 10, their goal is to build a relationship with you because if they do a good job, they know that most people are going to move every five to seven years Mm -hmm. and they want to be that guy or girl that is the one that, Hey, Mason killed it. Scott killed it, whoever it is. And, they they want to be that realtor for life.
1: Yeah, they're not trying to make a well most. So I'm speaking more for me. We're not trying to make yes. a quick buck on a sale. You know, build that relationship. Just like any business, if somebody does something really good for you, you're more likely to refer them out. So that's how we roll. <laughs> All right, I know you've got a bunch of anxious
0: kiddos. Um, so do we want to? look at our house review for the week and then wrap it up for the night?
1: Yeah, let's do it, yeah.
0: All right. I'm going to throw this up on the screen. Oh, no, nope, wrong thing. All right, here we go. All right, Mason. Um, oh, it's being slow. So, we have a $600,000 home in Sun City, this says Sun City, but it should be Sun City West
1: in Arizona. So, um... No, it's Sun City, 85373.
0: Oh, really? That's supposed to be Sun City. It's just,
1: I mean, Arizona's weird. They have the weirdest borders for cities.
0: Yeah. All right. So, but here's why this is important, and then we'll get into some of the details. So... Um, before Arizona got known as the cheap real estate place, it was known for a great retirement community in Sun City. It was known for a lot of wealthy people retiring to Scottsdale. Um, and this, there is a city in Arizona, Sun City, that is 55 plus exclusive in 99% of the cases there are a few of them though that are available for any family that wants to look at them and that's going to become important because when someone doesn't realize that there's a sun city or sun city west home that is all ages sometimes it can get skipped over because they see sun city and go oh i'm not eligible Mm -hmm. so uh, we'll get into why that's important here in a minute but Let's take a look through the house. So for the people listening on the audio, we're looking at a $600,000 list price that's um, had just about a $40,000 price cut on November 16th. Uh, five bed, five bathrooms, 3,400 square feet. It's got a four-car garage, two stories with a balcony. You've got some views looking over uh, the rest of the communities. You've got a pool in the backyard. Um, then we'll get into the house. We've got tile in part of the living area. We've got, I believe that's wood in the other. I always just want to make sure it's wood and not just yeah. a wood look tile. It looks shiny though. Yeah, it makes me think it was just cleaned, like waxed or something. Because that's more of like a wood look thing. Yeah. So, uh, kitchen with more of the dark brown cabinets. Everything's pretty modern. Bathrooms have been
1: updated. Uh, they've got some decorative glass in there. Yeah, they've definitely been uh, upgraded and decorated to the seller's choice. Yes. Of their preference.
0: Yes. Um, this looks like the master tub, yep. shower. It looks like a TV in front of the tub. Yeah, or just a picture. I don't know. Zoom weird. into that one. If that's not a TV, great idea. You should definitely do that. Anyways, um, let's see. Going through here. Then we have another balcony looking out over the community. Bedrooms. This looks like a shower that has been completely customized because it looks like you've got body sprayers, handheld. Um, yeah, they've got decorative artwork on the wall. Like Mason said, very custom. So, you know what I'll start doing? I'll start putting the... ad. Should I just put the addresses in the description of the podcast or just now?
1: Why not? It's a free plug to whoever's selling this house. It's one of our... That's true. It's so one of our fellow agents. At, I wouldn't be mad if somebody plugged one of my listings. It's one of our fellow
0: agents at Realty One Group. So though.
1: you're not talking trash about
0: it. Yeah, which sometimes we do. but We're giving them pointers, not talking trash. Um, they've got waterfall feature in the pool. Looks like a very nice lounge area. Mm-hmm. So, all right. As far as what I'm seeing, construction side, everything looks pretty clean. Um, layout might be the only thing I'd say is not a huge fan of where
1: the kitchen is oriented. Yeah, it's not the most desirable layout and color scheme. Yeah. Um, I mean, the browns, that's definitely something that, you know, my mom really liked. So that could be a turn I don't know why that would be a off for some people because all you got to do is change some paint and stuff and it's an easy fix. But that could be a turn off to buyer's. Um a lot of the times too, when you're buying a house in this price range, uh the different transition' to uh multiple floors, yeah just is like a little a little week. eyesore, yeah, but that's I mean we're just being you know picky buyers like a lot of them are you know mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna get your most value in your master bath and your kitchen and the master bath nothing to you know sneeze at. It's basic. Which, it's nice. It's clean. Here's what's
0: interesting to me though. This looks like the master bathroom where you've got the tub shower combo. But then later on we see this uh where is it? This one.
1: That one. That's a side one though. Yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah. they
0: went and put all the fancy um body sprayers and everything in there.
1: What is that? Oh, the iPad. Yeah. Jamming out. Yep yeah so, but I mean, it's an awesome house. I mean, I've actually looked at this house to purchase for myself um,
0: so as far as you're looking at this like you like you said, you've looked at this on the personal side, so kind of combining that personal side but also the realtor side, what do you see in this house? What do you like about this house what do you
1: uh, what the, did you what made four, you not pull
0: the trigger on it
1: the four car garage looks like you got a good view. I haven't been to this house yet. Uh, The backyard is also awesome. Um, It's got a lot of things in it. I wish there would. I don't know. It's, you know, pictures are deceiving. I don't, I mean, these aren't my favorite pictures because I don't feel like you can see a lot. Um, But there's a lot of carpet everywhere. I don't personally like the different transitions of the different types. Like the upstairs is a little different. I like the loft. The bathrooms are weird. That doesn't bother me as much as it bothers my wife. Um... I already said the four-car garage. Look, it's got a lot of space too, so honestly it'd probably just get rid of the spa and put a little basketball hoop back there, which would be cool. But gotta build it's got a lot of cool it's got a lot of cool features. Uh, the kitchen, I mean I'm not the biggest fan of the brown, but it's very square, not very open. And keep in mind, like if we saw this before we got our new build, we probably would have went and seen it and had a real conversation. But we have our new build where we have everything custom to how we want it. We like our layout and everything. So it's like it is cheaper than our our new build is. But, I mean, like factoring, you know, if we were to make this house look very similar to the house that we're getting, you know, it would probably cost too much to do that. Or, you know, it wouldn't be a great enough thing to go through that headache to do all of it. Yeah but overall
0: very clean house like i think it presents really well and then even the use of the balconies i think for the right buyer especially that's going to be a huge selling point Mm -hmm. um and then the reason i wanted to look at this one today was just because it has the sun city
1: i know i'm surprised it's been on the market this long but i remember i used to live in cross river when it first started and our house the first time we tried to sell it was on the market for six months and I think a lot of times that Sun City zip code can... I don't know why. I don't know why it would, but I just think it can.
0: And I've done this before. So when I found out about this pocket of homes that were available for um, people who are under 55, like it did kind of make me relook at things, and that's why I wanted to kind of showcase this here. But I think a lot of agents will see if they have something pop up on their search that says Sun City or Sun City West. Sometimes they'll just block it because they're like, uh, some agents will miss, um, put information and put something that's all ages and it's really yeah. 55 plus. So or oh, they're
1: so robotic with their searches. They plug in, you know, they take away no Sun City West, no, no Sun, Sun City. City. Yeah, things like that. They just very like robotically put things in and then bring the search up and send it to them. Yep. Where, I mean, I don't do that. I mean, I might, some areas that they definitely don't want, I'll take it out, but I always draw a map, because, I mean, I've lived here my whole life, so I know certain areas, be like, oh, this is a nice little area, they'll like that, you know, and customize, because that way, I always, I'd rather send somebody too many homes than leave something out like this, Yep. you know, so. So, and that's something as far as
0: if you, this is specific for Arizona, obviously, but whatever state you're in, as far as it's like, talk to, talk to an agent that you know, like, if you're in Arizona, talk to Mason, talk to Scott, because they know those things. They've been here for a very long time. So they know, like, hey, there's some things that maybe others don't know that they can clue you into mm-hmm. to say, hey, this home, like, they've taken a $40,000 price cut already. But for it being in that location, that price should be able to hold up. Yeah, that and it's 640 kind of cool. should be able to hold That's up That's why I question well. it. I
1: kind of want to go look at it now, because... I mean, obviously nobody's living in this house with, you can tell by the picture. So I wonder if the pictures and the house, they don't really match up, you know, like if it's dirty or things in there, like even like, um, having a clean crystal clear pool versus something green in it is a total, it'll be like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe this house versus, uh, yeah, let's put it off right now. Yep. You know? So I'm just curious. That could be an issue. You busy tomorrow? uh you're going to the Grand canyon tomorrow yeah but in the afternoon no let's go look at it
0: yeah we could we could even videotape it and then throw it at the end of the podcast for everyone too yeah stay tuned yeah
1: actually no because it'll be in the video by the time (laughs) we post it
0: so just don't turn it off yeah (laughs) we need those watch minutes guys all right anything else in this house
1: no i think i think we should go look at this house that'd be cool just to see why or it might be an awesome, I don't know. Um, But yeah, so I think that'll be a good, make the video of it, and that'll be a good segue for next week when we talk about sellers' expectations versus the reality of the markets and different ways sellers can use their sellers' concessions to help entice buyers to to purchase their home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I know that your kiddos are anxiously awaiting you to be done, so... I got to pee, too. Well, I guess that's another reason. But we'll wrap it up for the evening. Um, hit them with where to find you, and if there's anything else you want to plug.
1: The IG, Instagram, at Mason Oxendale. Cool. It's starting to be a little more active on there. So I like I post I don't post really too much, but I to do a lot of stories, and I find some really good memes to put on there too. So go check it out. Cool.
0: And then obviously,
1: we're missing Joseph Morris and Scott
0: Curtis tonight, but they're. Links to their social media is going to be in the description uh, of the episode, so feel free to check out what they're doing as well. And I'm Thaddeus Claus with Sledgehammers in the office, where we help people take care of their houses by connecting them with real estate professionals and construction professionals. You can follow me at Thad Realty for what I'm doing in real estate and at Saito underscore building for what we're doing in construction. And until next time, I hope your hammer stays accurate, your Wi-Fi fast, and your work blessed. See everybody. Ho, ho, ho.